Well, today marks the final message in our series entitled, God, What Do You Want Me To Do? It was a series of messages on the will of God, and uh, this morning we will be studying God's will for you regarding your country. So that's where we're going this morning, God's will for you regarding your country. Well, God's will for you regarding your country is presented to you in Romans chapter 13. So if you have a copy of God's Word, please join me by turning to Romans chapter 13. And we're going to be uh, looking at verses 1 through 7. And again, God, God's will regarding you, uh, you and your country is presented there in those first to seven verses. So Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. So follow along as I read that passage for us this morning. Again, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Here ends the reading of our passage at this time. God, what do you want me to do? It's a question we often ask. And often when we ask that question, we are looking for a specific detail. God, do you want me to pack up my bags and move across the state and pursue a new job? I mean, we want specific answers. Well, as I shared at the beginning of the series, I'm, I'm not here to give you that specific answer. That's a, a wrestling match that you must engage in as you pursue God's will for your life. But there are some general revelations, we can say, regarding what God wants us to do with our life. And this morning, he says to us, here's what he wants, God's will. He wants us to submit to governing authorities. Okay? God, what do you want me to do? Well, God wants you to submit to the governing authorities. Now, when Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote these words, a wicked ruler named Nero was in power. Nero had no love for Christians. History reports that Nero hated Christians. In fact, it's reported that Nero rounded up Christians, dipped them in tallow, tied them to stakes, and burned them like candles in his garden. Nero also ordered Rome 
to be set on fire. And then he proceeded to blame the Christians for this fire, setting off the first wave of official persecution regarding Christians. Also, it's reported that abortion flourished at this time in history. Homosexuality was accepted as normal, and the masses worshipped Caesar as Lord. Sorcery and black magic abounded. Out of this evil historical context, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote these words, the Apostle Paul gives this order, and he says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. Now, that historical information is important for us to grasp hold of because uh, knowing the history at this time when Paul wrote these words, knowing that history, that removes the argument. The argument is this. Oftentimes we'll say to Paul, or we want to say to Paul, okay, Paul, yeah, you want us to submit to governing authorities. Yeah, that's easy for you, but you're not living during my time when it's very difficult to submit to governing authorities. Well, by knowing the historical context of Paul's words, it does away with that argument, okay? I mean, things were bad during Paul's day. Things were terrible, but yet he brings this instruction the will of God, and that is that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to submit to the governing authorities. That is God's will for our lives. Now, Paul also shares with us three reasons why we are to submit to the governing authorities. Here's three reasons. Number one, the authorities have been established by God. That's reason number one. The authorities that we are to submit to those authorities, beginning with the president, moving all the way down even into our local context with police officers and sheriffs, those individuals, those have been established by God. Okay, They've been established by God. Look at verse 1 with me, again, of Romans chapter 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which, look at these words, which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So why do we submit to the authorities? Because this is God's plan. God has established governing authorities to uh, you know, govern our lives. Uh, in Daniel chapter 2 here, here's some interesting words. Uh, it says this, Praise be to the name of the God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons, and get this part, He sets up kings and disposes them. So what we see here coming from the book of Daniel, again, is that governing authorities are part of God's plan, and he's the one who sets them in place. So we are to submit to our governing authorities because these authorities, number one, have been established by God. Here's number two. We submit to governing authorities to avoid judgment. That's number two. We want to avoid judgment. Let's look at the passage of Scripture again, verse 2. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Verse 4, do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Well, then do what is right, and, you, and he will commend you. 
for he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring judgment on the wrongdoer. So why do we obey the governing authorities? So that we can avoid judgment. Okay. And number three, the third reason why we obey our governing authorities is to appease our conscience. That's number three. We do so, we submit to the authorities to appease our conscience. Look with me at verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible judgment, but also because of conscience. We submit to government authorities because of our conscience. Now at this time, I want to take you on a little bit of a, a scenario, okay? I want you to join me on a trip. We are traveling. Each one of us is traveling. We have our vehicle, and we are traveling to Colby. We're on the interstate, and we are cruising. We got a deadline to make. And as we're cruising down Interstate 70 there, there in the middle, the median, is one of those police cars, okay? State patrol. What do you do? What do you do? Help me out here. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, when you find out that you weren't speeding, you go, Whew, okay, good, right? <laughs> That's your conscience at work, all right? That's your conscience at work. You know, we have been programmed by God to be concerned about certain things. And especially when it comes to rules and regulations, we are concerned. We may be a little bit rebellious, but... We do want to do what is right. And so doing the right thing alleviates that conscience. So when you can start off and set it right at uh, 75, you know, and cruise, and you can see all the various uh, patrol cars and not uh, be phased at all because you set it, set the cruise control. But you'll still be guilty because typically you're, you still, you go, you don't set it at 65, do you? You set it at 67, 68, right? What, what is it, anyhow? What can we legally get away with? Can we set it at? Well, okay, we're not going there, right? That doesn't help us, does it? That doesn't help us submit. All righty. So, anyhow, God's will for each of our lives is that we submit to our governing authorities, and the reasons are there were threefold. Number one, we submit because, you know, the authority has been established by God. This is God's plan, all right? And uh, number two, uh, we want to avoid judgment, so that's why we submit. That's a good reason. We don't want to end up in jail, right? And number three, we submit to the government authorities because of our conscience, you know. Uh, just being a rule follower does set us at ease, does bring peace into our lives. So that's why we submit to the governing authorities. Now, now that we know what the will is, what is our responsibility regarding God's will? Okay, we are to submit to governing authorities. What is our responsibility? So let's talk about responsibility, what we are to do regarding this particular uh, order that we have received from Scripture. Well, here's our responsibility. I want to share four of them with you, okay? Number one, our responsibility, uh, we are to submit to the governing authorities, and our responsibility should be to pray for our authorities. That's what we do. Number one, we pray for our authorities. 
Look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So number one, our responsibility is we are to pray for our leaders, okay? Pray for our leaders. Well, this morning's message, if you looked at the title of this morning's message, the, the title is, Do I Have to Pray for Him? That's our title. Do I have to pray for him? Well, that comes from our responsibility number one here. Because when it comes to our leaders, if the president, there's just times we don't want to pray for that guy, okay? We don't. But that doesn't eliminate our responsibility. So our responsibility is that we are to pray for our leaders, our president as well. Pray for them. And it's interesting what First uh, Timothy says First of all, he says, pray that, you know, make requests, uh, intercession, and thanksgiving. So those are all part of our prayers. So I was thinking about that this morning, you know. There are times when we want our leaders to make a good, per, not a perfect, but a, a good decision that we believe is going to be honoring. So we, we intercede. We step into this gap and say, God, you know, be with our leaders. And then the leader does do something, They, they you know, they make a proclamation or whatever they do that is very, very positive. And uh, then there's our time to give thanksgiving, all right? So that's all happening there in 1 Timothy chapter 2. So number one, we need to pray. That's our responsibility. Number two, a second responsibility, we pay what we owe. I thought maybe I'd hear a, uh, okay? But that's what we're supposed to do. We pay what we owe. Uh, let's look at a couple passages. Verse 7 there, first of all. At the, in, verse, in Romans 13, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Um, some religious authorities, they were kind of sticks in the muds. They were always causing Jesus problems, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders. And uh, so they put Jesus to the test, and uh, they were going to catch him on a political issue here. And so they asked him, okay, Jesus, what about paying taxes? Do we pay taxes? And so here in Matthew chapter 22, he said this, then, then he said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar. He asked for a coin, and he looked at this coin, and he asked, and he said, whose impression, whose, whose face, who's on this coin? And they said, well, Caesar. And then Jesus responds by saying, okay, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So uh, we need to pay when it comes to submitting to governing authorities. We need to pay. And uh, it will help. I think it does. At least it helps me, and that's why I say that. It will help to know that uh, when you write that check for a year, taxes, you know, in April, um, if it does help to say, okay, I'm, I'm being obedient to my God. It does help. It does. It doesn't eliminate it all, okay? It's still like, ah, that hurts, okay? Man, i got to use that for something else, you know? But uh, you are being obedient. You are following God's will for your life when you do pay taxes. So keep that in mind. You are following God. You're being obedient, and that does help when it comes to paying our taxes. 
So we do. We pay what we owe. That's number two, our responsibility. We pray. Uh, we pay what we owe. Uh, number three, we need to live in obedience. We need to obey our authorities. And that comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Follow along. I'll read that passage. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of, of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Again, it's a passage of talking about being obedient to our governing authorities. And uh, that's part of the will of God is that we be obedient. So now we move on to number four here. Number four is this regarding a responsibility. We owe obedience. Yes, we need to be obedient, but uh, not blind obedience. Not blind obedience. Uh, this is an area where each one of us has to wrestle, all right, regarding what we are going to submit to regarding legal matters and, uh, you know, the proclamations of our government and so forth. Uh, we're not to be blind and led to slaughter, I don't believe. Let me just share some thoughts here from another author. I'll read them to you. Here's what he says. Regarding civil disobedience, when the government commands us to do something that is disobedient to God's word, we must resist the government and obey God. When the Sanhedrin commanded Peter and John to stop speaking in the name of Jesus, they that is, uh, uh, Peter and John, they replied by saying this, Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And also in that context, later, uh, Peter and John, they were commanded again not to be speaking about Jesus. Uh, and here's what Peter says, and this is Acts chapter 5, 26. We must obey God rather than men. Okay? So Peter and John totally believed that they were being asked to do something that was contrary, first and foremost importantly, contrary to God and His Word. And because the government was asking them to do something, or the authorities, the leaders, not just government, but leaders and authorities were asking him them to do something that they totally were convinced was against God and his word, they disobeyed, all right? Because first and foremost, they wanted to obey God, and that's what they pursued, okay? Uh, a couple more examples here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? Where did they end up? In the fiery furnace, right? And the reason they ended up in the fiery furnace is because they would not bow and worship the king. Okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they only knew of one king. And that's where their allegiance was. And that was to God Almighty. And so they were willing to experience the discomfort and perhaps even death uh, by 
by obeying God. So here, there we see some civil obedience, disobedience taking place again uh, against what they believed God's word had dictated and also against their God themselves. So that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, one more final example here. Daniel. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Okay, why, why was Daniel thrown into the lion's den? Because he wouldn't uh, pray, right? He was praying to God, and they wanted him to stop doing that, and he was supposed to pray and you know, worship the king again at that time, but he wouldn't do that. And, of course, he was all set up for this. But, again, he practiced civil disobedience because in, he was under the conviction and he totally believed that what the king at that time was asking him to do was in violation to God's word as well as a violation to his very God. And, therefore, he did not um, submit to the governing authorities at the time. So, okay, what is our responsibility? Well, number one, we are to pray. Number two, we pay what we owe. Number three, we are to live in obedience because we are the salt and light in this world. Okay, So we do have a ministry and our obedience is a ministry, but uh, we do not owe blind obedience. So again, I can't, I can't answer the question of civil disobedience for you, except I can only give you kind of a criteria. If you feel that it is in violation to the Word of God, which we study together, and also, I mean, a violation to the very God whom you serve and honor, then, then we have to make a hard choice and some decisions to say, no, I'm sorry, but I cannot go against that. Right? Can't, I mean, I, I can't go along with that, so I have to go against that. Anyhow, that is uh, what we do when it comes to disobedience. So God, what do you want me to do? Well, we do know based on Scripture, that God wants us to walk in obedience to the governing authorities because they have been established by Him. And as we walk in obedience, we avoid, avoid judgment, and it brings easiness and peace to our conscience. And as we live in this world, in this particular government framework that God has set up, we pray for our leaders, all right? We pray for them. We walk in obedience. We pay what we owe. And... We enter into that hard question of wrestling. Do I step into the realm of civil disobedience? Because this is in violation to what God has set up. Again, that's a question I can't answer with you, but we as Christians must wrestle with that. We must wrestle with that. Let's pray, and we'll come to a conclusion. Father God, thanks again for the challenges that you bring to us from your word. And uh, Lord, we want to admit and uh, and confess before you at this time, God, we want to honor you with our lives. We do want to be salt and light in this world. And, uh, Lord, we, we know that we can't do this on our own. And so we invite the minister of your Holy Spirit to empower us to live uh, these obedient lives. But also, Lord, we want to keep you front and central and foremost in our thinking and in, in our practice. So, Lord, sometimes we may have to say no to what the government is asking us to do because it violates what you have established. So, Lord, give us courage when that needs to take place. Give us clarity. Lord, give us clarity when we need to do that. And again, Father God, may our intention, our purpose be how can we honor the God who gave his very life for us. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.